Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I'm so happy and grateful to have Kimberly Mascaro with us here today, who is a PhD, LMFT, is a clinician, author, artist, and educator with over 20 years of professional experience in the field of mental and behavioral health. She's passionate about wellness, self-care, and spiritual development, holding certifications in hypnotherapy and yoga nidra. Is that how you say it, Kim? Yeah, yeah, yoga nidra, yeah. Yoga nidra, guided meditation. Kim earned her PhD in clinical somatic psychology and MS in counseling psychology and operates a California-based private practice as a psychotherapist where she offers support for women navigating life's big transitions, as well as treatment for those impacted by trauma, anxiety, ADHD, grief, and loss. She is the author of Extraordinary Dreams, Visions, Announcements, and Premonitions Across Time and Place. Her presentations and workshops, both national and international, are rooted in dreams and dream works. Kim, welcome, and thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for having me today. Good to be here. Oh, it's so good to see you again. Again, I guess to see you, we talked on the phone for quite some time the first time we chatted, and I have to ask, here we are, end of November at the time of this recording, 2020, we are still neck deep in COVID here in California. They are putting curfews around the state, more, more rollback shutdowns. I've seen numerous reports about anxiety and stress being massively elevated than it has in the past. I'm wondering in your practice, what have you seen in that as a result of COVID? Yeah, you know, I've seen, uh, a lot of, of just differing responses to this pandemic. And of course, there's, you know, f- from, from fear to uncertainty, um, all the way to people telling me that this has been good for them. Mm. And there's been a variety of reasons why, of course. So depending on what, you know, a person brings, um, you know, to a therapy session, determines, you know, how we, how we do manage self-care, what we talk about, and how we move forward during this really, really um, just wild time. The people who are coming, Kim, and who are talking about reporting some good from this, I'm curious, do you see them doing or focusing on anything uniquely specific or different than some of the ones who are struggling more with anxiety? Because I'm always looking for strategy, if there's strategy that we could pass on to people. Yeah, well, you know, being a, you know, clinician, I'm seeing, you know, like about right now about a dozen people. So uh, I couldn't really offer a, you know, a stat really in, in like, you know, what, what's going on with this group or that group or any correlations there. But what I can say is the people who tell me they're doing well saw it as an opportunity to slow down, to do more home-based things to look at uh, finances in a different way, Hmm. connect with uh, people, family members more, but it's so, it's so, um, it's so different for people depending on what their, what their job situation was. Are they living alone or with others? Do they have children or not? How many children, single, divorced? You know, so many, uh, has anyone in the family contracted COVID? So it's, uh, it's really just dependent on a lot of different factors though. One thing that seems to uh, be helpful for anyone, and, and myself included here, is to do 
certain practices uh, in grounding and uh, presence, I'll just call it, you Ooh. know, just really practicing being present and staying with our senses to, um, to be as grounded and embodied as possible. Do you have a, like a specific practice that you do with that? Is it something that is a, a big time? Because I, the, I find it so fascinating, the idea of being present. And I feel that much of society operates in a way of, of pushing information out, especially digitally from people that is doing everything but helping somebody be present. It's either putting out a reflect on the past and how they were the good old days and they'll never get better, or it's... Yeah you know, batten down the hatches because you think it's bad now, it's going to get really worse in the future. And uh, I find though, because I've had similar conversations with people that the people who are really being proactive where their feet are right now seem to be able to find, and, and at least for, and also for me, I think this has been my experience too, is you're able to find a, a little bit, maybe joy, more joy, or perhaps a, a different degree of gratitude in the moment and maybe, maybe just maybe you're appreciating your moments in a different way when you have a, a active practice of being present. So if you, would you have a, do you have a, a regular structured practice that you do? And if you would be open to sharing, what does that look like? Oh yeah, I would be open to sharing. So what, um, I was taught, gosh, about a decade and a half ago was Stephanie Covington's five senses grounding technique. And at the time, I was uh, training in addiction studies and working with women in recovery. It will, I've done it at many points in my life, uh, but at that time, it was, I was really um, entering that type of study. And what she taught was five, what she calls five senses grounding, and that's going through each of our five senses and moving down in a five, four, three, two, one fashion. So for example, the first thing uh, I would do when I want to use this practice, and it can really help just calm my body, slow my mind, and get me into the here and now. The first thing I do would, look, would be to look at five things. So when I say look, I don't, you know, and I'm looking around the room as you can see, um, I don't mean just name off, okay, dog in the corner, door, yoga mat, you know, I don't mean, you know, just look so quickly, but really look at the detail of something. Mm. So take in the detail of through your visual sense and do that with five different things. And when you're focusing on each sense, in this case, the first one, uh, vision, really stay with vision. So I'm going to use my visual senses to look at five different things. And then after that, um, I'm going to touch four different things. And that, at that moment, I don't focus on my visual sense so much, but I focus on um, the sense I'll get, let's say, through my fingers. Right mm. now, because I'm fresh out of the shower, I'm really uh, feeling the hair on my face. So that might count as one. Um, uh, yeah, feeling very clean and fresh. But instead, <laughs> I would go <laughs> around the room and, um, and you could do this inside or outside, depending on the weather. Outside is always great. But 
wherever you choose to do this, then feel, I feel the textures of something. So let's see, I'll grab just for example, I'm grabbing one of my journals here and just really feeling the texture uh, of that. I may also put my hand against something, for example, warm tea and mm. feel the temperature. So the way I was initially taught was to use like kind of textures, but I also like to use temperature too. And then you move through uh, the senses. So, you know, five, five four, three, two, one. Um, one, I'll, I'll jump down because it doesn't matter if you switch the order. So it's okay if you, it's not going to hurt if you, uh, you know, in this case, you would listen for three things, then smell two things, then taste one thing. But it's okay if you, if you, if you flip those around. It, it's not, it's not going to hurt. Um, the last one is taste. So what I usually do um, with clients or, you know, cause I don't, I'm not going to have a snack around or anything. I just notice the taste in my mouth. What's the last thing, you know, I'm drinking mm. some tea. So I'm noticing the taste of that in my mouth. So you move down through those senses and then, you know, after each one, you know, really just take a nice conscious breath and notice if you're really activated after the five, four, three, two, one practice, then and then you take a couple breaths, then you can do it again. I have found that even people who are really, really activated, experiencing a lot of strong emotions, will find that you know their subjective uh, units of distress have gone down and they're feeling calmer in the body and can engage, um, go back into the thinking mind and engage in, in some discussion from there in a really different way, from a really different place. Uh, so that's one. Would you like me to say any more about that practice or uh, talk about some other things? I, I just want to clarify too with the, with the vision one. So it, it, you had mentioned like seeing your dog. You would not just say dog, but you would notice maybe dog with a little bit of dirt around the collar and oh, look at how dog is, is sitting in certain ways that looks like the weight is more distributed on one side. You're going into more is is that to be understanding it correctly? You're challenging yourself basically to notice more detail than you normally would. And so to break things down from just being an arbitrary object to actually bringing uh, like a, you know, going from flower to flower with petals and white colored petals and bees flying around it or something like that. Yeah, that's nice the way you said that, because I think of like, look at it like you've never seen it before. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, I love that. In a deeper way, like be there with it, you know, in your, in your, through your visual sense. So yeah, that, that's a great way to describe it. And so then that would be, I, I love that. So look at it like you've never seen it before. Then would that be the same with the other ones? Did you hear it like you haven't heard it before, smell it like you haven't smelled it before, taste like you haven't tasted before, touched like you haven't touched before? You could do that or even, uh, sure, you know, or even kind of just really take in all the like sensory details of what that is. For example, um, this kind of goes on to another, a slightly another practice, but this would be good for when you're doing the listening sense and listening is, is three. Again, if you split the numbers, don't worry, but uh, listen to three different sounds. I like, let's say I hear a car pass by. I'm going to tune into that sound so deeply that I notice when I just can't hear it anymore, right? When does that sensation really leave my, my field of awareness? 
And that goes into another practice, which would be just having a chime or a bell. A lot of people have cute chimes and bells. And so, you know, I have some hanging on my door. I have some in my uh, clinical office. And I may just kind of ring that and just stay with that sound. Just stay with it mm. until it faded away. That was one way I used to open with um, my therapy groups. Hmm. When I worked with women in recovery is we would just open with, we're just going to stay with that, stay with that, stay with that. Hmm. And then um, some would just signal to me uh, when they couldn't hear it anymore. And I, it was interesting to see who could just tune into that a little, a little longer. Um, everyone's hearing is different, of course. So it's not like there's um, an amount of time or anything for this, but just knowing that, okay, we're taking a sound and we're, we're really just staying with it. That can get us again into that one sensation, a little more into our bodies. And then we can, we can go from there. I, I've done a practice with audio where sometimes if I'm, when I'm trying to take a nap during the afternoon and I know mm -hmm. I need to rest and kind of recharge, but my mind doesn't want to quite turn off. And what I found is when I really try to just tune into sounds, it will relax me and it's almost like I, I'm, I'm and I'm curious if I'm not as visually dominant as I am maybe visually or kinesthetically and so then I'm actually trying to be mindful of a more non uh, maybe what I wouldn't consider as dominant of a sense, sense and then it's just that attention to that and it's incredible how much I can hear that I would normally never hear Ah, yeah, right? yeah. And I, and I, I love doing that. what you were saying too about just trying to follow the sound. It's sometimes you can hear the train and it carries. And then what's interesting is when I listen to it and I hear it, I can hear it go longer. And I swear when I really focus on it, I can almost hear the the echo of the tracks. Mm -hmm. And then inevitably in that in that following that sound, the trailing sound of the train going by, I start to pick up on another sound that I wouldn't normally hear, or I'll start to notice what's really interesting is I start to notice sounds of different birds instead of just hearing saying there's birds chirping or I can hear birds I start to hear and I don't know what the species are but I can hear distinctly different bird noises and I'll say oh there's a bird there there's a bird there there's a different kind of bird over there yeah that's really cool um I noticed the same thing when we tune into our auditory sensations there is so much out there that we can we can can pick up on and kind of you know like even in our visual field we're just piecing things together you know if you look at the way perception works we're just piecing things together and I think same with sound you know th that's different of course but but we're we're not we're just not picking picking up on everything like we can if we decide to do it with conscious awareness and you mentioned breath and that's right in in the yoga um teachings and, and philosophy that, that I've come across and, and things my teachers have shared with me is that, yes, focusing on the, even the sound of breath can bring us deeper into our body. And when I guide people through Yoga Nidra, I have found that, uh, yeah, there, there's lots of inductions, I guess you could call them, that are focused on breath and sound that are bringing people deeper into the body with a relaxed state. And you know what I want to share about the, these, what we've talked about so far is this is, this is free. It doesn't take mm. a lot of time and we can teach it to children. So, you know, when people say, oh, I don't have time to do any self-care practices or grounding practices, I say, you know, you can do this in the shower 
you can do this on the toilet let's keep yeah. it real yeah. your uh any bathroom even in public you know especially before covid could be i your own i used to tell my clients you know it's your own private office if, if you just need to go in there and, and 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 reset if you can do that so even amidst the chaos of you know homeschooling kids and you know um hustling jobs and, and family life and all this stuff, we can find moments when we can bring these practices in. Shower while we do dishes on the toilet. You know, I'm going to keep it real. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, this is when we can, we can do, do different things that are really helpful. I appreciate you bringing up the toilet as your own personal office because it is, it's, that is, in my opinion, one of the great equalizers of life to the, I don't have time. When nature calls, it doesn't care if you have time or not. It, it's going to sometimes gently knock and sometimes kick down the door. And ah. <laughs> if you don't listen, nature will run its course, <laughs> whatever that ends up being for you. And what that does is it creates this extraordinary invitation to, as you are taking care of nature, to do some sort of self-care practice with it too. And, and what I love about what you're sharing is you're practicing a system that really is really has infinite possibilities of experience to it because we're always we can always expand on it visually like are we noticing different color hues now are we noticing different textures as you mentioned are we noticing different sound and we might get into we're noticing pitches or tones or different decibels all these kinds of things you can grow with it. And I think that's a really extraordinary thing in a world where we are so, we have so much external stimuli coming at us to kind of command our attention or, you know, get what we derive as entertainment or distraction or our checkout time. It's a lot of colors. It's a lot of pixelations. It's a lot of stuff coming at us really quickly. And especially for kids, like, my goodness, I've seen some of the kid cartoons that are coming out now and there's so much detail and colors. I'm thinking there's no way their brain can even process all that yet. It's being, it's being dumped onto them. And so to have something where you're stepping away from all that and just creating this in yourself, I think that's really quite beautiful. Yeah. You know, since we're, we're talking about um, self-care in the bathroom, let's just call it that. <laughs> it can almost be the title of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe we will call it that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, is, is that, yes, I'm, I'm told all the time, wh where, where, and when do I do this? Will people see me do it? Will it be weird? You know? And yes, you can be doing this subtly on the bus, but like you said, nature calls. We don't say we don't have time to go to the bathroom. We, we, we go to the bathroom. So, you know, instead of bringing your phone in the bathroom or taking it out, or if you go in the bathroom with your bag or purse, you leave it in there use it as a minute. So you do your business, um, whether it be one or two, do your business, but you have a moment <laughs> after, before you open that door to say, ah, I'm using this bathroom time to get out of my head, into my body, using the bathroom. Mm. We're already into our, you know, we're already kind of into sensation in our body. Um, but then let's say we're washing our hands afterward. Um, what does the texture of the soap feel like? What does the yeah. sound of the running water feel like? What's the temperature of the water? What's the scent in the soap? Um, can't, how many bubbles do you see in your hand? Now, Ooh. I just scrambled those numbers, 
But yeah. you can see that that right there, turning off the water, turning it off slower. Can you hear the, the sound of the water coming out of the faucet uh, end? Going now to the towel, change in temperature. What's the texture of the towel? Can you sense? wet hands becoming dry so you you see just in the in the washing the hands in the bathroom have we just slow that down a little bit and and i mean i'm talking 30 seconds yeah. 15 even of slowing them I mean, it's nothing of slowing down um that time that is a practice that gets us into the sense our sensations and into the body and before we open that door handle to leave we can choose to take three conscious breaths if we want to. And so on my YouTube channel, I talk about, and I, I just want to add this because I talk about, and I'm, I'm going to be building more of them, but so far I have two in a, in a series just starting out called Let's Breathe, but we can do breathing practices in there, you know. Um, could I elaborate on those? Yeah, please, absolutely. This moment. So just putting a hand on our chest and a hand down on our belly. Uh, you can't see it in the screen, but a hand on the chest and a hand on the belly doesn't matter which hand, just then taking a few conscious breaths and noticing which hand is moving more. The goal is to get the bottom hand to move more, to bring, to have fuller breaths that are a little more down in the ab. So, I mean, that's how we are breathing when we're, you know, born. If you can watch a baby or a toddler um, breathe, that's typically what we're going to see, nice abdominal breathing. And so if you can notice that even before you uh, leave the room, if you're feeling a lot of tension up here, the shoulders are hunched a bit, if the jaw is tight, kind of uh, relaxing that, opening the mouth a little, consciously bringing the shoulders down and visualizing that next breath just going a little deeper so that you can really fill up the lungs. Breathe into the ab, take a breath, walk on out. Mm. Again, I love, I, I love this. How did we, we didn't even plan to talk about self-care in the bathroom, but look at us go. No, it, it, you know, and when you set the bubbles, <laughs> I never even considered counting the bubbles, but that I'm, my, I, my inner geek is screaming, oh, I cannot wait to count the bubbles next time. because <laughs> <laughs> It's something that. I, it is like I love stuff like this because of exactly what you what you were saying. It's not time dependent. It is not. It, it's as cost effective as it gets. It's and then it does really expand this world of possibilities. And I really think again, so much of our, you know, some in many of our behavioral healths will often rise out of this stuck in the past, stuck in the future. And not where where we are. And if we can just start to train ourselves to do it, and it, and it's funny too because we look at like how much time is then taken and lost in being overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious. And if we yeah. were to pull two minutes out of that time, you know, how much time is spent up at night just going through the the oh my god, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, all this stuff going on, and then you wake up so exhausted, and you have, and this is this is from someone too who has always been a chronic. My, I have so many thoughts going on before I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning that getting my mind to turn off has been a challenge. And so developing things like that, where it's just slowing it down, mm -hmm. focusing on a couple key things. And if I, and that's always what I go to in the night and it is incredible what a difference it makes. Yeah, absolutely. Doing 
practices that involve sensation and breath can get us into the body, which means more or out of the head, because that's the mind is the problem half the time, right? Or maybe <laughs> most of the time. So maybe we can even, um, you know, maybe we can even, since we're talking when to do free self-care that comes into the natural parts of our day, right? So we've talked about bathroom, connecting with, with being in the restroom. And, um, you know, before then we leave the room, it's possible to then do a short gratitude practice. Hmm. Why not name, and, and again, not at the same time, one at a time, right? So you've done the, the, the grounding when you wash your hands, you take a few deep, you know, be sure you're breathing consciously. And then maybe name, since we're in the bathroom, we won't do 10, we'll do three. Maybe just right there on the moment, you know, you can do it looking in the mirror if you like, hmm. if that feels right or not. But, but there's that, that mirror there if there's one, if you'd like. And just to state three things that we're grateful for. Now, I say this, and this is, this is important to add. I'm not saying this is going to solve financial problems, domestic violence, things that are actually taking place during COVID that we cannot deny or just jump over. But what I am saying is these types of practices can just bring us a little deeper. And I know sometimes that's scary because, right, our world teaches us to use distraction as a primary coping mechanism. But if we can just go into our bodies and be present a little more, we, who knows, we may, and, and do gratitude practices too, we may find that there is definitely something to be grateful for, even amidst chaos and hardship. We may find a solution arising because we've slowed down a little. Hmm. Maybe our body then gives us a, a spontaneous solution to, it, to an issue or reveals a truth. Hmm. Like, uh, I'm, I'm changing, I'm changing, uh, my relationship when COVID's over, or I am going to apply for that job. I was scared to apply for or whatever, whatever it is. Those are just two small examples, but you, you kind of get the idea yeah. that when, right, we go, we go into the body a little more, we practice conscious, um, uh, you know, attuning to sensation, conscious breath, gratitude, that it slows us down a little and gives us an opportunity for something maybe deeper within that's existing deeper within us to arise and uh, help, help solve problems. God, this is, I, I love this rabbit hole we've gone down and I, I would, I want to keep exploring it in the interest of time. I want to make sure we spend a minute or two talking about your dream work. If you could just tell us a little bit about what you do with the dreams, what is, you know, oh. the general overview of it. I, I know people are wildly curious about it. One of the emails I get, I would say at least every few weeks is from people. Have you ever done any work with dreams? You know, do you know anything about dream interpretation? There's a, there's a, 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 a massive curiosity out there of people who are interested in dreams. So I would love to, for you to give an overview of what kind of work you do with dreams. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, people who want to take a deep dive are welcome to contact me and be at consciouschimera.com uh, and, and have some one-to-one, -one, a deeper dive into this. So let's see, dreams became, you know, really on the forefront of my life in about 2004, 2005 for a variety of reasons. But since that time, I uh, pursued that in my uh, doctoral studies in that I did my doctoral dissertation on dreaming. 
and I've run uh, dream salons. I've presented on dreams uh, in nationally and internationally presentations, workshops. And so I also, when, when I have run dream groups or what we used to call the dream salon, um, we talked about different uh, dream theories uh, and, and how you can use those theories, you know, um, some of them very grounded in research to and do your own interpretation. So one thing I would like to say to those listening or, or viewing us here is that, you know, t t toss out your, your dream dictionary. You are the dream dictionary. Mm. I am happy to, yeah, I mean, if you want to work with me, I'm happy to, to spend time teaching you how to make one of those, your own personal dream dictionary and how to work with dreams in a deeper way. The first thing though, always is to record them in some way. You can record it in a voice memo app or straight to pen and paper or what I do currently, I used to do straight to pen and paper, but now I do voice memo app and then put it on pen and paper. Then I may sketch it, make collages. I have a few, few collages here, for example. And, and because I also like to paint and do mixed media work, these uh, in the background are, are all from dreams. Hmm. So I can carry you know, people through and offer support if they are more artistically inclined or if they're more inclined to, to write or, or not, or to look at it in a more kind of analytical, uh, scientific way. So dreaming um, you know, really gets us into those nocturnal practices and grounding, like we talked about, self-care in the bathroom, breathe, conscious breathing and grounding are, are the, kind of the first part of going, all right, I need to be in my body before bed, you know, really here before bed um, and doing other exercises, which I can elaborate on, um, you know, if people want to work with me to, to help with dream recall or to incubate or bring forth uh, healing dreams. Uh, through practicing sleep hygiene and uh, setting intentions and things like that. So dream work is a huge, yeah, part of my life. Um, and to me, it's been, it's been a primary uh, teacher. And dreaming has also been a healer for me because as, mm. as you know, I'm managing a chronic illness and I listen to what the physicians in my dreams tell me. I listen to the messages in, you know, the messages that come through dreams, what I'm told. Uh, and even with lucid dreaming, because uh, I lucid dream as well from time to time, that I will ask direct questions for help and guidance. So the world of dreams, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours uh, on this topic. But yeah, that is definitely um, one of my specialties for sure. Kim's time has gone by way too fast. And before I ask my final question, where can people find and connect with you online? Well, I have an interesting website. Uh, it's Conscious Chimera. That came from a dream. So, or, or I would have made it simple, right? I didn't want to make it complicated, but this came from a dream. Actually, hard to see, but that painting with the hands, the blue and the hands uh, holding a little chimera. So um, Conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S. Chimera, like the uh, mythological being, C-H-I-M-E-R-A, ConsciousChimera.com. You can look me up by, by name as well. Uh, and I'd be happy to, uh, yeah, uh, talk to people about dreams or uh, another thing I do, if, if I can add, 
I need the email address to do so. Uh, but I offer free yoga nidra, which is a sleep-based guided meditation every Wednesday evening. And if people would like to be a part of that free Zoom, we do it on Zoom offering, you could uh, just send me your email address and let me know and I'll put you on the weekly list. Very cool. Can for folks who have never really considered their dreams in greater depth as more of a beyond a an experience they had a you know maybe it was something cool maybe it was something scary but they are curious now after hearing you talk what is maybe and and if there's a better way to ask this question feel, please feel free to rephrase it but what is a benefit or what are some of the benefits that we can gain from beginning to explore our dreams oh so many well whew. That's a big question. So many things and I want to go way out there to answer it. Um, for, for me, as I mentioned, they show me, and again, this, this is supported by, um, you know, theories and, and research and things. They show me what I might need to bring more into my life. They've also shown me what I may be concerned with in my waking state that I just might not have given a lot of attention to. They help me process emotion. I mean, this is really, you know, for, for everyone too. They also, um, dreams can also help us solve problems. The, the dreaming is interesting. So let me say this dreaming is so interesting because someone might say, Oh, what's the use? I don't recall my dreams. But when we decide consciously that our dreams are important and we're going to make an effort to recall them, and I could share with you practices, you know, more practices to do that, dreams start to show up a little, a little more. So someone might go from remembering nothing to remembering a full dream or remembering uh, just the color, the sense they got, um, a quick flash of an image to a, a longer narrative or um, maybe a message is given. But the more we practice, um, practice dreaming, I'll just say, like really get into the, the whole practice of it, our consciousness realizes, hey, we want to take this seriously and we can be offered more and more and more information. Uh, so people, it's, it's not unheard of to have people mm. who, and this is, this is a real leap here, go from never having um, much dream recall to a full on vivid dream or even a lucid dream. That can happen sometimes. We just need to really tell ourselves that we value that part of our awareness and consciousness and that we want more of that in our life. So dreams also, yeah, I, well, I mentioned help me solve problems and, and know what to do. Currently they're helping me uh, manage uh, an illness in many different ways from being told what to do, what to eat, uh, what to consider, even relieving anxieties and, and things. So mm. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm trying to, trying to just yeah. keep it short. I, that might give, give a bit of a no, recap. That's great. And I think everyone, there's going to be so much value to be derived from this by rewatching and re-listening to it. Kim took us on a really cool journey of looking at some of the things that she was seeing showing up in clients of hers with anxiety, but also the ones who are doing, who are managing pretty well and finding 
good stuff in 2020. And that led down this really awesome rabbit hole of self-care practices about being present. She laid out the 54321 approach of really utilizing your senses, seeing things and noticing in greater detail. See as if you never saw it before, noticing your sounds, your taste, your touch, your smell. And then it went into another place of really looking at how simple self-care can be. And we talked about the self-care, the bathroom self-care approach. And it's not the one that you think, it's the one that you need. And it's really something about taking that time when nature is going to call to make an intentional call to your own self-care practice, your own routine. Something as simple as noticing the amount of bubbles that show up when you wash your hands with soap can be something that can be immediately grounding and soothing and get you out of the future, away from the past, and get you right where your feet are. Kim does some incredible work with dreams, and she made a generous offer to talk in depth, greater depth with you about it. And was naming off some of the benefits of it, including using them as guides and answers and, you know, acknowledging that for some, we may struggle with remembering our dreams and that struggles often because we haven't made remembering our dreams the priority that it could be. And the invitation is there for us to train our mind to recognize that this is something that is important to us and that the opportunity to learn and grow and, and, really benefit from the wisdom that our unconscious and the dreams that can show up for us can derive and how it is something that it might just be the, the mentor, the guide that we haven't yet tapped into that's always been there on their shoulder, but we just didn't pay them enough time because we didn't know we could. Kim, this has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you so very much for sharing with us today. I am deeply grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It was fun. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to